Welcome to the podcast Unimagined, where current and former students share how they imagined education in schools could be regarding student leadership. We ask them to share about their experiences and offer advice on how we can all do better. In this interview, we had an opportunity to speak with Georgia, an eighth grader living in Chicago. Leadership requires one to understand how opportunities, privilege, and choices affect their roles. As you listen to Georgia, you will hear how she is able to navigate that even at such a young age. Obstacles. Imagine what they will do. I know you can imagine too. Thank you so much for taking the time to complete that survey that helps us identify what your strongest traits as a person are. Can you talk a little bit about your top five results in your leadership styles. I've been going to a Montessori school my entire life, and I feel like a lot of the results that I got relate to the teaching styles of Montessori, like especially kindness and humility. I really am a kind person and try to be kind all the time, and I feel like that's a big part of our school is just kindness and humility. Also, especially now during COVID and everything that's been going on, I feel like gratitude is like a very important thing to have, especially since I'm so fortunate to be able to be going in person in school right now. I try to be grateful about everything that I have. Talk a little bit about your leadership skills through basketball and group work. At our school, we do group work every day, which is basically where we do projects based on what we're studying currently in that cycle. Doing group work was the first time I've really had to use my leadership skills. A group project, you have to be able to communicate with people and you have to be able to allow people to work while still doing your part. And so I feel like it's definitely helped me grow. I've definitely grown by playing basketball. It was the first team sport I've ever played and it was at school. And so I got to be with my friends and I got to practice my leadership while also having fun. And so I really enjoyed that. You were talking about group work being a good place to use your leadership skills. Has that changed with the virtual experience? Because we've had some guests that have said that it's been really hard to be a leader in a virtual environment. When we were all virtual, it was extremely difficult to communicate with people because we were all on Zoom and in breakout rooms. It's very different being in person and being able to help each other. On Zoom, it was just really more of independent work. It was definitely harder to be a leader in that sense. Have you seen some strategies that your teachers have used? Do they structure group work in a way that allows many students to have experience with leadership? So when we're given a presentation that we have to complete, they don't assign each student a specific part of the presentation that's up to the students. It's completely up to whoever's in your group to decide together what you want to do, how you want to make your presentation look, who is going to do 
what portion of the presentation. So I'd like that system because everyone gets to have their input, tell the other group members what parts of the presentation they want to do, and just have more input into the entire presentation. Is that something that they started early on in your educational experience? I'm curious to know if you find that most students are able to navigate the pull your own weight or running the show. I will say I have struggled in the past. I'm a person who likes getting my work done early. I like being on top of my work and so I have struggled a bit with taking over the project and trying to get everyone to do everything as fast as possible. So I've been working on that. It varies with the person but sometimes there are people who can naturally take charge in the group projects and there are other people who sometimes don't pull their weight but usually I feel like everyone in the end is able to do their share and get something out of it. I am curious about school cultures. Can you share a little bit about the school culture that you're currently experiencing and maybe the school culture that you would like to see as you transition? I go to Rogers Park Montessori and I have been for 12 years. It's a small school focused around kindness and compassion. Our classrooms are not divided by grade. We have four classrooms per every three grade. So you have first, second, and third graders all in the same classroom. And there are four of those. Fourth, fifth, and sixth graders are together. And then seventh and eighth graders are together. I like that because the younger students get to learn from the older students. The older students get a chance to lead by example. That's another way our school helps kids with leadership. As you get older in your classroom, leadership becomes more of a big deal. We have a very tight-knit community, and since we're such a small school, everyone knows each other. It's a very nice community, and I enjoy how it works. I like the teacher-student dynamic in our school. We call our teachers by our first name. You get more of a personal connection with your teacher which I think helps me learn. Do you think that having a more dynamic relationship with your teachers gives you the means to be more of a leader in the classroom or do you think that shies a lot of students away? Something a lot of students struggle with is being able to ask their teacher questions if they are confused about something. That's not really a problem at our school. We have such a close relationship with our teachers. So I think it does help with leadership and being more comfortable in the school environment. If you transition to a school where you have to call your teachers by Mr. or Mrs. Do you think that's going to impact feeling that leadership and you're going to go from having really great relationships with your teachers? Do you mm -hmm. see that the Mr. and Mrs. aspect of a teacher separates the relationship or do you think it's just a formality that can be overcome? It's hard to tell because I've obviously never called people Mr. or Mrs. From what I can tell, it seems like a divide from what my friends have said who go to other schools. Maybe I'll think differently because the schools that I'm planning on going to, I'll call your teachers Mr. or Mrs. So, but right now it seems more like a divide. What is so different about Chicago from anything that Taylor and I have ever experience is something that's called selective enrollment for Chicago public high schools. Tell me or explain a little bit about your experience 
as a student transitioning from eighth grade to high school in the Chicago public school system. They didn't tell us that much about what the process was going to be like. So we just jumped off the deep end in eighth grade. The high school process takes your grades from seventh grade. Because of the pandemic, we had to do all of the process in one year when normally you would do, you would split up some of the testing through seventh and eighth grade. It was a lot to do in one year. We had to take multiple different standardized tests. The thing about selective enrollment is it's all about numbers and it has nothing to do with who you are as a student. To get into a selective enrollment school, it's 900 points. Three different factors contribute to those points. And the whole process was just very stressful, was very consuming. And because everyone was talking about it and everyone was obsessing over it the entire year, it was hard to think about anything else other than stressing out about high school. It just, it seemed very unfair when I was going through the process that we had to do this and that students felt like it was necessary to do all these things just to get into high school. At many points of the process, I did not want to continue thinking to myself, oh, I'll just go to my neighborhood school. Just this peer pressure kind of makes you continue the process. And I know I would have regretted it if I had stopped, but it was just a lot to handle in a year and a lot to just get into high school. Where did you feel like most of your pressures were coming from? Were they your classmates? Were there people who graduated before? Was it teachers? So it was mainly other students and past students who have graduated from our school. And it was mainly about selective enrollment schools, having to do that process, having to get in to top schools in Chicago, which is not something that you should be worrying about. So that peer pressure was really frustrating. How do you think that impacts you on a personal level? And how does it make you feel about education in general? It definitely was really frustrating because so eighth grade is supposed to be more of a relaxed year, more of a fun year, especially just enjoy school more and just be with your friends more versus extreme studying, trying to get perfect grades. Obviously, doing the high school process all in one year took away from that a lot. I was thinking about the next thing that I had to do or test results or making a decision about how I wanted to rank high schools, really taking away from the time I should be enjoying because it's my last year at the school that I was going to. And it was just really unfortunate that I had to spend it like this. Do you feel like you're constantly competing with other students for any grades, for specific positions or roles or teams? What is that? like because I remember in my middle school experience I feel like I never had that type of pressure and I can't even imagine what that would be like at a younger age. Our school isn't that competitive. Everyone basically gets the same grades. The one sports team we did have was basketball and that wasn't competitive since our school was so small. We had six people on our basketball team. It's not that competitive of an environment when everyone was trying to get into high schools. Can you talk a little bit about what it might mean for you if you did go to your neighborhood school versus continuing on through this process to get yourself to the school that you think is the choice that you want? My neighborhood school is Amundsen. It's a really good school. It's a public school. It's not part of selective enrollment. It's a medium-sized school. It's right next to my house. I can walk there in less than five minutes. It would be very convenient for me to get there. It just seems like 
like a great school, but when you're dealing with people saying, oh, you're not good enough if you don't go to one of the top schools in Chicago, it doesn't seem as great as it actually is. Just the frustrating part because I wanted to go to Amundsen for a while. What have you done to set yourself apart from other students to get into or not get into the high school of your selection? Even if you're a really smart student and you just happen to not get a really good score on a test that can keep you from going to one of those schools that you really want to go to, that's the thing about selection enrollment that I don't like the most is that it's all about numbers. Can you talk a little bit more about the number game and that you're just a number? So you're not even Georgia in this situation. Because it's about your grades and it's about your MAP test scores and your selective enrollment test scores, if you don't make the cutoff for a school, it makes you feel like you're not good enough, even when the numbers are so incredibly high to get into those selective enrollment schools. It just makes you feel like you're not important in the grand scheme of things. You're competing with so many other students. All you can do is wait. There's nothing you can do about the numbers that you have. Have. You feel pretty powerless against the system. What do you as a student think about when you're going through this? What could improve? It is frustrating that adults are the ones making it and a lot of them like haven't gone through the process and so they don't know the effects it can have on students who are so young. Making it less competitive and maybe make it less about numbers and more about interests. Focus on making all schools better instead of making just a few schools only available to a few students. So focus more on making all schools, improving them versus like having a few extremely good schools that every student should aspire to be going to. What was required from you as the student Usually in 7th and 8th grade, you go to open houses at the school, but this year we couldn't do that because of COVID and with huge crowds of people. That was frustrating because that took out an element of deciding that would have been a huge factor in choosing which school you want to go to. That made the decision harder because you didn't get to visit the school and see the energy of the school, if that makes sense. When you're in a school, you kind of get the energy of the school and you know what what it's like from just being in it. Without that, as a deciding factor, you had to do online open houses. The schools put a lot of effort into them, but they weren't anywhere close to being the same thing. It definitely made it difficult to decide which schools I wanted to go to. I did go to a few open houses and I did like some of the selective enrollment schools. So you're supposed to rank selective enrollment schools and then you're supposed to rank your choice schools, which are basically public schools that aren't selective enrollment. Since I took the selective enrollment test, I just had to rank which selective enrollment school I liked the most, which wasn't that difficult because there aren't very many schools. I just decided like which one that I liked the most and which one that I felt like I could fit in in the most, I chose Amundsen for my choice school. If you went to Amundsen, which you said is a good school anyway, do you think that would impact you in some way? Honestly, I don't think it would. In the end, it's just four years out of your life, and that's the frustrating thing. It's a big deal, but it's not this big of a deal. Students shouldn't be competing for spots in the best high schools in Chicago. 
because it's just four years and it doesn't really matter where you go, it just matters what you do at the school you go to. I'm trying to have a positive outlook on whatever school I end up going to. I'm gonna try to like do the best I can wherever I end up going. I wanna echo that sentiment that you expressed as being a very true one. It isn't gonna matter where you go because it's gonna matter who you connect with and what that person or those people do to make you who you are. Many students, when they look back in their college experience, it's not about where they went, it's about who they made a connection with and what professor that mattered. I do think you're right in that. As a 14-year-old young lady, you have come to that understanding. Do you have any advice for any students going through the same selection process or just transitioning from middle to high school in this day and age? It's not worth putting so much thought into so much time spent thinking about it because that's what I've done I've just always been thinking about it I don't enjoy thinking about it all the time and it's not something I do need to be thinking about all the time so I'd say just trying to think about it when you need to and then just focus on other things and take a break from that otherwise it really really drains you and also just thinking about in the grand scheme of things four years isn't a long time where you're gonna go doesn't dictate your future I think that's great advice I think that it definitely is hard. I'm imagining myself, I, how stressed I was, like looking and searching for colleges. I'm imagining myself having to do that four years before that, and it would not have gone well. So I have a lot of respect for you and other kids who have to do that, especially with your mentality. I am blown away with the positive outlook you have on all of this. What do you think about the impact this process has on students in general? It can definitely be detrimental to self-confidence, I would say, if you don't get into one of the best schools, which is extremely difficult in Chicago because of how few students are actually let in versus the population of the city. It's just harmful to students in general, just in what I've experienced. It's just not good for mental health. I don't think it's good to be so competitive with your peers at such a young age. I think that can really impact your social abilities, especially just the competitiveness at such a young age is just not healthy. Do you, as a student, see a lot of unfairness or advantages for students that have privilege in the selection process? It is, since it is such like a selective process, as it is unfair because kids who don't have resources, and especially with the pandemic, kids who haven't been able to go to school or not, have not had like access to technology to be able to do online school, it's just been completely unfair to them because they haven't been able to keep up with their schoolwork and their studies. And so that really gives them a disadvantage in the process overall. I've been able to do online school and now I'm in person. So that's giving me another advantage. It's completely unfair for the students who haven't been able to go to school and so have such a disadvantage from other students who have been going to school. So now I want you to reflect on what you just said. And I want you to think about getting into maybe your first or your second choice. They select mm -hmm. you, but you can still choose where you want to go. Can you tell me as a leader developing leadership skills, which route you think you want to choose and how hard that might be for you to make that choice of what you want to do and what other people are 
are telling you you should do. The school I'm going to right now is far from diverse. It's a private school and it's in a super nice neighborhood. I've been going there forever. I have been sheltered in a bubble my whole life. I have taken that into account when I'm picking my high school. Amundsen is a very diverse school and has people from like many different backgrounds, which I do. And it's also a public school. And all my choices are, this one's not selective enrollment. So I have taken that into account. A hard choice to make. To be honest, that hasn't really been one of my main dis deciding factors for schools but I will say that I would like to go to a more diverse school. What advice do you have for school administrators, teachers, and parents in regards to students and leadership opportunities and just making a good learning environment in general in the classroom? What our school does really well is giving students a lot of input in what they do and what they learn and how they do learn. A lot of high school, public high schools, especially in Chicago, the teachers make all the decisions and the teachers mostly run everything, which is what perceived from what I've been told about CPS. I do feel like students need to be more involved in decisions in how they learn and what they are learning because that's what they feel is going to be the most effective way for them to learn versus what the teacher thinks is that's a great way to get more leadership opportunities is for students to be able to make more choices. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Unimagine. What I really liked about this interview with Georgia was how reflective she was and is about the challenges she faced. Georgia shared her experience at her current school where students are grouped multi-aged, which she thinks impacts the culture and drives leadership. I'm looking forward to connecting with Georgia in a couple of years to see how her decision impacted her growth as a leader. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unimagined. If this episode spoke to you, like it. If you think someone else could use it, share it. Or if you know of a student who has a story to tell, connect them to us.